Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Clearly, I like to tell stories. I like to tell stories. So I've been thinking recently uh, a lot uh, about this idea of being a seeker. Being a seeker, you know, I'm, I'm, I started off my training, of course, and became a religious science minister through the, what was then Religious Science International, now has become the Centers for Spiritual Living, and I still hold that ordination as a, as a religious science minister through the Centers for Spiritual Living. And of course, when I became the senior minister here, almost a year ago now, uh, in just a month and a half, it'll have been a year, you know, part of being here is to go back into study and go to the Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute and take a number of courses so that, you know, ultimately it's around understanding that we are speaking the same language. The philosophy is not different. It's really around language and, you know, like if, if I'm making a left turn to get onto this street, religious science may be making a right turn to get onto this street, but ultimately what we're finding is that we are on the same street. So. I had to, I, I, I got excited because I thought, oh, I get to go back and become a seeker and seek out new ways of understanding the entire new thought philosophy, new ways of conceptualizing the entire new thought philosophy. And then uh, an opportunity came up, which I jumped at, which is to go into this course of study through the Emerson Theological Institute called Advanced Consciousness Studies. Advanced Consciousness Studies is, um, it's kind of a nebulous Thing, like, oh, we're going to study advanced consciousness, right? It's kind of this nebulous idea. What is advanced consciousness? But the thing about this class, about this course of study, is that every single week, we meet for three hours every Thursday night, and we do that for 40 weeks. We're in week 19 now? We're in week 19 now. So about halfway through. But the degree to which we are deepening into the sensation of being seekers is what is really exciting for me. And so I like to think of everyone who is part of this community, I like to think of every single one of us as seekers. And what is it we are seeking? You know, we, many of us come to spiritual philosophies because we are seeking something at the core, at the core. The progress, I think, of all humanity is rooted in the search for meaning. And what are we finding, what are we looking to find meaning in? Ultimately, I think the big question is, why are we here? Why are we here? Here's the issue with that question. I don't think it will ever fully be answered, although we have a lot of ideas that, that orbit around it, a lot of ideas of what that means that orbit around it, but I don't know that we're ever going to find the meaning of why we are here, why do we exist? What is the whole point and purpose of this thing called experience and existence in life? So we're searching for meaning, meaning not just in the mystical sense, but I think too we are searching for meaning in the mundane, because if we are living in experience of life, and I'm, I'm always saying, you know, I want to understand that the mundane is the, is, is the mystical, that there is no separation between what we perceive to be a greater power of creation and the thing that it creates because it's the only thing that exists. So ultimately what that means is God is all there is, and that is what all creation is. 
Because if God is all there is, there can be nothing separate from God, you see. So we're searching for meaning, not just in the mystical understanding of it, but also to align ourselves in the mundane, both searching for meaning in the religious and in the profane. It seems to me that may be the thing that truly sets us as human beings apart from other living beings. It sets us apart. It is our, what sets us apart is our desire to know more. And that desire is rooted in the sense that there is something more to know. And I think that's what really has, has motivated me in my life in so many ways. You know, I used to search for meaning by portraying characters on stage in musicals. And a lot of characters, you know, here's the thing, all those characters that we portray when we're, for those of us who have been or, or are actors, the characters we portray are on a journey to find meaning. And in fact, when you go to acting school, which I did, when you go to acting school, ultimately, the number one question you ask in developing a character is this, what does my character want? So what my character wants is to find something and I think that thing is ultimately around meaning. So this sense, this desire to know more is what drives, I think, all of us as human beings. Now, I was not raised in religion. I was not raised in religion, but I've always been fascinated by, by religion. And I think this, my dad who's sitting in the back, this will probably come as a surprise to him because I, he probably understood that I was pretty clear on my path when I went into university that, well, first of all, I was a film production major and I did that for a couple of years. And then I switched my major to acting and directing. But there was a fascination with religion to such a degree that there was a period of time early on where I thought, maybe, I'd be, maybe I should become a religious studies major. And while that didn't happen then, I have essentially become a religious studies major later in life. So there was something, there was a seed planted at some point. But I think I was interested in religion more as, uh, I I was more interested in religion as allegory. I didn't believe there was any literal thing that that was written in the bible or you know i don't think that i don't think that many of the sacred scriptures have literal things written into them but they all are allegory to understand something deeper so when we read religious texts when we read scripture of any sort i think the question to ask is what is the meaning behind the story what is the meaning behind the story And having never been a literalist, I think that's what attracted me to New Thought, because New Thought is all around, you know, yes, we can look at these sacred scriptures, we can look at this and understand and look at what is the meaning, what is the metaphor, what is the metaphysical understanding behind the story. It's all parable. It's all parable. One of the stories that I always found fascinating was this story, the idea of resurrection within Christianity. It was really always very fascinating to me. Here's this here's the story of this man raised from this dead, raised from the dead. This man who was a mystical presence on this earth, raised from the dead, and that the resurrection becomes the cornerstone of the faith. And I want to be very clear: the resurrection becomes the cornerstone of the faith. I think to the detriment of what he was teaching. And it is not a slight 
on anybody's path. It's just to say, that's my understanding of it, and I am more interested in what he was teaching and less so in the mystical understanding of why he was resurrected. Now, there is understanding and mystical understanding in why he was resurrected. I will be talking about that on Easter which we're about to get to. In the Christian tradition, this idea of resurrection is about to be revisited beginning this week. Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, so party on Tuesday, Mardi Gras. Ash Wednesday is the beginning of the season of Lent. And during Lent, the tradition in Lent is to pray, to fast, and to give for 40 days and 40 nights, not, not including Sundays. Because if you actually count the calendar days, it's more than 40 days, so you take the Sundays out and it's actually 40 days. And it all leads up to Easter Sunday, the resurrection. Now many people focus during the season of Lent on what is it I am going to give up? And they forget those other two, prayer and giving. And I actually participated in Lent in various ways in my life, not being a religious person, but every Lenten season I would give up something. But when I came to New Thought, it became a whole new paradigm because I thought, you know what? Lent to me began to mean let's eliminate negative thinking. Let's eliminate negative thinking, because you know I love an acronym. Let's eliminate negative thinking. And so as I gave up negative thinking, what I found is the expression and experience of my life shifted in a way. I've been doing that for years. And this year, as I approach this concept of Lent, I want to focus on something different. I want to focus on my prayer practice, and while, yes, I can give up negative thinking, that's become a habitualized state of being for me to such a degree that I don't think I need to actively work at it quite so hard this year. So I'm going to focus on the prayer part of Lent and the giving part of Lent and actively evolve myself through that. Are you willing to do the same? Are you willing to do the same? So this year, instead of let's eliminate negative thinking, how about this? Let's evolve new thought. Let's evolve new thought. Be forgiving. Let us step more deeply into our spiritual practice more than ever before. Be giving of self. Don't be afraid to let go and allow and to release any limitation on what you think you can give. Because here's the thing, we can always give more of ourselves and in various ways by understanding that we are that more. We are the infinite more. And we give not from a sense of a, of a, of a need for return, not from that sense. We don't need to have anything returned. Although, here's the thing, when you're giving freely without needing the return, Guess what happens? It returns to you, right? But give in the, in the richest sense, giving from the heart. And I think this year to give from the heart is to give life's omnipresent vital energy. 
in every interaction, in every experience, in every circumstance, my role this year is going to be to, is going to, be to give myself over to life's omnipresent vital energy and share in that understanding, to share in the energetic flow between myself and all creation. Life's omnipresent vital energy, get it? It's another acronym, love. <sighs> love can never be depleted. It can never be depleted because it is the very essence and energy of all creation. And energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only sh shift. It can only change. It can only change its form. And I think that through the use of our thoughts, through the use of our belief system, and through the use of our intentional living, we are shifting that energy to create lives of magnificent, to, magnificence, to create extraordinary experiences in our lives. And it is infinitely available, this energy. So life's omnipresent vital energy is the thing that I choose to give more and more and more and more this year. You know, today, as I've mentioned many times, and let's face it, all the music has essentially been wrapped around this idea of love. You know, we think of Valentine's Day as an ode to romantic love. You know, it's, 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 it's the, the, the single people get all upset because the couples are all like saying, oh, look how magnificent my life is. And, you know, nobody should be upset about it because here's the thing. Ultimately, love is not only about romantic love, although that is beautiful. Love is about that space in our hearts that I think needs to be celebrated more than ever before. Maybe it's time to evolve the celebration of Valentine's Day and to truly expand beyond romantic love to a deeper sense of life's omnipresent vital energy. Let's celebrate that today and this entire month. What do you say? From there, from that point of view, we build a foundation. We build a foundation. And we have the opportunity to put that foundation, to lay that foundation so solidly through this. And let's face it, ultimately, although it's related to a lunar calendar, it's related to the you know, liturgical uh, teachings and calendars and all of that, the period of Lent is an arbitrary period. We can do 40 days and 40 nights at any time. We can do this any time. But why don't we go ahead and take advantage of the fact that the entire world is going to, well, the, at least the entire Christian world is going to be considering this, this, uh, this journey through Lent. And we can join them symbolically by evolving new thought. And through that, we are going to lay a foundation for something greater upon which our lives can be built. Charles Fillmore taught that Lent being rooted in the four, being rooted in the symbolic number 40 was a four square foundation suggesting something to follow. That's the whole point and purpose of Lent, that there is something that we are looking forward to. And when we arrive at that, things shift. Well, in laying the foundation itself, we have activated change right in that moment. We don't even have to wait for it. So we can spend each one of these 40 days and 40 nights laying the foundation and knowing that we are transformed through that foundation. What if we decide today to expand our sense of love to celebrate the root nature of love and to activate it in our lives now more than ever before. That's what I'm going to do. And yes, I'm going to start today. 
I'm going to start today, so it'll be 40, one, two, three, 43 days of Lent for me this year. If we do that, when we do that, if you choose to do that, what is it we may find around the corner or whistling down the river to find some greater thing delivered? Come on, deliver to me. What might we find? I think we'll find a real sense of the foundation of all existence life's omnipresent vital energy. Can you feel the vibration of love right here in this moment? Because from love, all expression springs forth. So our only job, if there is a job to be done, our only job is to be love. If we make the commitment here and now to be love, we can evolve new thought in a whole new direction. And here's where I think new thought is going, both in the religious science movement and in the unity movement. I don't know as much about the divine science movement, movement, although I think that if we really look at it, we're all looking to do the same thing, which is to let go of past limitation and step into future and present moment expansion. We become limited by the things that we carry with us that we hold ultimately as sacred. If we are not willing to set down the sacred and turn around and see the potential that is flowing in and through all things, that does not have to be defined by what we think we know, then we have stepped into the experience of life's omnipresent vital energy and we activate that at the root of our heart. That's how I think we evolve new thought. Could be. Who knows? There is something due any day. That day is now. That day is here. That day is this day. Will we know? Do we know that that day is today? Or do we keep putting it out in the future? Do we keep thinking that we are going to reach something out there at some time? Because here's the thing. As long as we keep putting it out there, we never reach it because it's always in front of us, out of reach. I choose to let it be within reach here and now, today and evermore. Right in this moment. So I'm going to invite us all to relax for just a moment. Find a space of centered awareness physically, Emotionally, find a space where we can tap in and feel life's omnipresent vital energy, settling into an awareness of it, stepping out of any sense or need to judge the way it shows up in our lives. Let us simply root ourselves in the understanding that it is here. Life's omnipresent vital energy is here. And we are using it in every moment. And so in this understanding that today, this week, these next several weeks, that we can step into this principle, let's evolve new thought 
let us now more so than ever before deepen into the sensation of that energy, knowing that we mold that energy and it becomes our expression and experience through the use of our thoughts, rooted in beliefs and colored by the feeling. As we activate this, more so now than ever before, we are living the life of the divine in the here and now. This is how I choose to move forward. Built on a foundation, a solid foundation, a four-square foundation of life's omnipresent vital energy, let's evolve new thought. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.